0: Imagine you gave a dollar a day to a worthy cause, but you did it along with thousands of Jewish people around the globe, and you all donated to one cause every single day. Thousands of your $1 bills pooled together towards one cause daily. What's the impact of your dollar then? You don't have to imagine it. You can and should do it by joining Daily Giving today. Head over to dailygiving.org and become a daily giver today. That's dailygiving.org. Jewish Money Matters, episode 342, Ask Yael you're listening to jewish money matters the podcast where jewish wisdom and spirituality meet your money and your business money is a means to serve god in this world with joy to build a life that leaves an imprint way beyond our time in this world i want you to discover the secrets to jewish wealth to gain practical and spiritual tools to break free from the shackles of financial worry to design the joyful, rich life that your soul desires. Welcome to Jewish Money Matters. I'm Yael Trush and I'm so glad you're here. You're listening to Jewish Money Matters. I'm Yael Trush, your host. Welcome to the show. Friday, August 4th. This week, we celebrate Tupav, which means that now, at least here in the northern hemisphere where I am, the day starts getting shorter and the nights longer. And all I think about when I hear that is less heat. I know I should really think about more godly things, like, you know, the time to learn Torah. I mean, that really is the lesson here, that now that the night is longer, we presumably have more time for Torah learning, uh, as during the day, presumably, we're involved in the field, so to speak, right? Uh, And so, yes, um, I I will say that, um, yeah, I I did increase my Torah learning. Yeah, that is, that is, this is a time where we, we're supposed to increase our Torah learning during this time leading up to Rosh Hashanah, and now that I think about it, it's, I don't think it's a coincidence, but I didn't plan it this way, but I actually started a weekly Torah class session with one of my friends this Wednesday night, and we hadn't even planned for that. Mm, I wonder if she realized. I got to tell her that. But anyhow, the heat. Oh, people, the heat. Um, (laughs) I just really want to break from this heat. One of our AC units broke this week. You have no idea what that's been like. I mean, you can't be in Houston with 110 degree weather with a broken air conditioner, right? But I will say God Almighty in his infinite kindness, because really we have to focus on this. We have two units, right? We have a big house and we could work from the other side of the house where the unit was working. So, I mean, come on, like sometimes I wonder if we even realize the level of luxury that we live in and the level of gratitude that we need to have for everything. I mean, it's not even the material things. It's just the the fact that your body works and, you know, all the things. It's just continuous kindness, continuous chesed, you know. And, And then, of course, we ended up getting the AC fix. I got to tell you, because this is a money show, but it ended up being less than $500 when the first initial quote was either repaired for $900 or buy a new one for 4800 I mean, I remember when I heard that, I was like, okay, God, you got this. Like, I'm not even going to tell you where the money's to be better used right hint hint kids tuition (laughs) and 10 minutes later another guy came and quoted less than $500 and my husband said do it and within an hour or so the AC was repaired Um, so all that to say you know let's just stay in the zone, even when it's hot. <laughs> let's stay in the bitachon zone, whatever, whatever heat might might really mean in your life at the moment. You know, we all have, we all have our our, our packages, as they say, let's say grateful, let's see the tremendous kindness that envelops us daily and rely exclusively on the one who bestows that kindness. And you know who that is. All right. So that's, I guess, my my share for the week, my divertor for the week. (laughs) And but you you know, you didn't come here for that. Or maybe you did. I don't know. Someone DM'd me on LinkedIn and said, I love how you incorporate Hashem in all your posts. It is so important. S-O with a capital, right? So capitalized. So and then they said you have very good content. So I was very happy about that. Thank you. To my new LinkedIn friend who shared that with me privately on LinkedIn. That was very sweet. Um, Can we name her? Name him. I think it was a he. A reviewer of the week. (laughs) No. Soon. Soon. I'm going to pick up one. I'm going to pick a reviewer from the week from the Apple review section. But first, I want to make a big, big announcement here. Really, drum roll. Because you've been asking for this for a while. Well, I don't know if you, but definitely people who email me, which I presume are people who are also listening to this podcast. Um, Email, WhatsApp. You've been asking me for coaching one-on-one coaching I haven't done anything like this since the summer of 2021 not the one-on-one coaching that I do but what I'm about to describe to you this week on August 1st I announced that I opened my calendar for 90 minutes one-on-one business coaching sessions just for the month of August 90 minute one-on-one sessions for the month of August that means that you get the chance to work with me on your business and well really on your money, because I'm going to tell you that money stuff always comes up and every business owner knows it. Tell me one who doesn't face this, right? You get to work with me one-on-one without you having to commit to months of weekly coaching. (laughs) So for all the non-committal people, no, (laughs) no, I get it. I get it. Sometimes we just, we just need, you know, that kind of like, um, you know, just get on the phone with someone. Okay. But again, this is just for the month of August, guys. Okay. So most of you know that other than working one-on-one with me over a three to six month period, if you want a business coaching from me, I didn't have an option for you, right? Unless you were willing to put in that time and financial uh, investment on both. But I do now, now I do have the ability to work for you again, just for the month of August, you can book your 90 minute session, not an hour session, 90 minutes, and you can book as many of as you want over the course of a month. But I do want you to recognize that you have to hurry because that calendar is starting to fill up. And if it's anything like two years ago when I offered this, I have a feeling that it will fill up quite fast. You don't want to wait till the last minute and say, oh, let me see if I can get it in Alice calendar because Yale might have already, you know, closed the calendar because it's booked and I also have a life. So, you know, I, I didn't open my entire calendar, but I did make it as flexible as I could so that as many of you, um, could take advantage of this offer and you know gave enough like i think i gave a quite a reasonable array of um time options but you know that's why i want you to move fast because if you don't move fast you might not find times that you know work for you so and i also want to thank a few of you in the audience again i just really want to acknowledge that there have been a few of you who've asked for this And, and and thank hashem thank god who allowed me to shift things around in August miraculously because I didn't know this was possible for me this summer Um, and you know Hashem allowed it that I could offer this to you right now so if you are a business owner you already know why you would want someone you can jump on a call and strategize with for 90 minutes, right? I, I I almost don't have to say this, but like, you know, you know how confusing business sometimes gets, you know how much resistance we hit, we encounter and how sometimes like the, the obvious solutions sort of evade us, right? And we just need to really strategize with somebody and get clarity on what the real solution here is, what the course of action. You also know how the money blocks creep in. Well, you maybe sometimes you don't even know it, but they do. And you need somebody to show you, right? And how these can result in poor business decisions that come back to bite us. Maybe you have experienced that already. So, and you don't want to do it again to yourself. So, and to your business. So, you know, and you might also be, know what the struggle um, is in dealing with clients and dealing with suppliers and dealing with investors. Oh, oh my, I know it all. <laughs> no, I don't know it all. But I have experienced dealing with all these things. Um, I don't know it all. That's for sure. I am not, uh, you know, but I, I sure can help you and, and I, I think you know that there is so much. I mean there's so much richness and nuance and beauty in running a business. I don't have to tell you that. <laughs> so head over to ltrush.com forward slash August calendar to book your session today. Yeah, ltrush.com forward slash August calendar. Those are those are $397 for 90 minutes, guys. Okay. $397 for 90 minutes in which we will get really strategic. You'll fill out a Google form ahead of time, uh, ahead of us meeting one-on-one um, de- with details about your business, current challenge, finan- or challenges, financial situation, and we will jump right in. Okay, so that's at yaeltrush.com forward slash August calendar. Okay, so let's go to the Apple podcast review section. And this week, we're going to say thank you to none other than. <laughs> And this is so sweet when I see these reviews from people I know. None other than my friend Jay Azria13, who left a review July 11th. Five star review. Love this podcast. Pure bravery to open up the relationship of money. Love these episodes and the sound advice you walk away with. Highly recommend. That is so, so sweet. Thank you so much. You know who that is, right? You all know that, right? Um, listen, if you haven't heard, the episode with Joyce Azria on this show. That's episode 334. Now, this is very kind. Joyce didn't have to leave such a beautiful review. Um, But I want to tell you something. That episode 334, it's quickly becoming one of the audience's audience's favorites and for good reason. So if you're here and you're brand new and you've never heard an episode, I don't know, maybe you want to start with that one. <laughs> it's really really good. All right, so let's get started today with revisiting last week's question on negotiating. Um if you recall, there was a new graduate who was applying for her first job and she wanted some negotiation tips. And it turns out I was promoting that episode on social media and I asked the audience what they would have said. Um you know, I was just like engaging with the audience and well, Guess what? I got excellent advice. <laughs> I, I really did. So I, I said to people in the audience, I said, well, I'm, I'm going to go share your advice with this listener. So thank you to those, uh, to those of you on Facebook and LinkedIn who shared the following additional tips for a new graduate or for really anyone else in this audience who was looking for, um, advice on negotiating, uh, as you're negotiating for a job. So here are a few good pieces of advice that I pulled from the audience. Okay. So here, there is one that says, interview them as much as they're interviewing you. And I love that. We didn't talk about that, right? But just we have to remember that we're also interviewing them, right? And the other thing that this this, uh, person says is, you want to have a vision for the company, but don't offer it unless asked. Check their accounts to see how healthy and where they could do better. That's interesting. Not always do we are we able to do that? But it's just an interesting take, right? Um, The profit and loss timeline. So she's like, you know, if you have if you have a sense of like, is this business even viable? Like, are they going to be around for the long term, you know, for as long as I want to be here, etc. You know, that's, I thought it was an interesting take. Um, And she said to stand firm on on non-negotiables. But don't, you don't have to be on your face about it. Just be quietly assured. So for example, if you observe Shabbos and you need to leave early on Friday, so that's something that you want to be firm with. But, you know, there is a way to do that um, elegantly, right? Um, so I, I think one of the big takeaways from this, this piece was, you know, kind of like interviewing them as much as they're interviewing you. I think that's, that's a big takeaway and that kind of like, um, we always want to keep it at the forefront, right? Again, and it goes back to that pitajon piece. I-, I know that I sound like a broken record sometimes, but again, we have to remember, like, this entity this job this manager this person at the other end of the desk is not really responsible for our lifestyle so we can engage in this negotiation knowing like oh I'm checking this out as much as they're checking me out right so I want to do my due diligence and I don't need to be attached to that need to get that job right and then one last thing that she said that I think is so beautiful is she said don't forget to smile and I think that's sound advice in anything right just yeah, I mean, I, a smile gets us very far in life and it's just the right thing to do, period, right? So that was something that I wanted to share with you. Another thing that came up is never compromise who you are, which I think we already sort of addressed it, right? Like, start, stunt firm on, you know, what, what are non-negotiables for you in terms of, you know, who you are, your lifestyle. So don't compromise on who you are when you're embarking in, in I guess, in, in the workforce. Um, and then something else that came up, um, on LinkedIn. uh, And I really I should have asked these wonderful people if I could like share their names. Um, uh, Maybe I'll do that. And I'll give them credit next week. I, I don't know. I, I just I feel weird if I share it. I don't, I don't know, whatever. Okay, so I'm just gonna say another piece of advice that one of my good friends on LinkedIn, we, we interact a lot. And I'm sure I could say her name, but uh, just in case. Um, she shared, always have in mind the other person's needs. This is so important. And by the way, it's so important in everything when we're talking about building a business, when we're talking about a work relationship, right? That empathy piece, right? Like think about the other person's needs, right? And even when you're negotiating, even for a race, right? You you don't come into the negotiation, right? And that that's something that's going to help this new graduate later in life. But you don't come into the negotiation talking about you yourself, right? It's about what you've accomplished for the company. So you always want to have in mind the other person's needs, what do they want. And this goes, again, this is across the board in business, when you're building your business, when you're growing your business, always, always, you have to have in mind the other person's needs. I'm here to serve, right? Um, And, and so she says you want to prioritize that in your pitch, in your conversation, right? That you're there to hear them out. Like, what, what is it this institution needs, right? Um, and, and you want to mirror in, in, in your language, you want to be able to kind of like hear them out and then mirror back at them in your language and in your proposal and she says it's a powerful tool in getting your own needs met because again you've built the empathy and then it just it goes really both ways so i think that's that was really 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 good advice that again we can apply across the board this is not just for a new graduate embarking on the on the workforce and then she also says pause you know and that's, that's something that we did talk about, right? You have time. Like you can give yourself a pause. It's sometimes she, she said it's the hardest, but most effective tip, right? Sometimes it's hard to just stay quiet to pause. Uh, again, we don't, we didn't talk about it specifically, but we don't have to say a number first or anything like that. And when we do get the offer, um, we can, we, we should let them give us the offer. So that's, I, I, I guess, the first instance where the pause comes into play really critically. And then, of course, we don't have to rush into answering it, right? We give ourselves, we have time to make that decision and continue that due diligence as we spoke about last week. All right, so those are really, really great tips. Um, and now you see why I wanted to bring them on the show because I think they're so applicable and so relevant. I, I love that I have such a... Such an amazing audience. You're so engaged and you're so thoughtful. And I am very, very grateful. Um, and I'm sure maybe I have other things that came on via email and I didn't grab. I'm so sorry. But if you keep engaging with me and sending me things, I will be happy to share here. So let's address now some new questions in the bag this week. The first question that we have is from Anonymous and she asked via email. She says, yeah, maybe you can help. This is seriously affecting my marriage. All right, so let's see what this is all about. She says, we need a new roof. It's not an option. It has to get done now. My husband does not understand the difference between refinancing and a HELOC. I told him I don't want to refinance the entire house because our interest now is 3.5%. And if we refinance, it goes way up. But if we take out a HELOC, it might be a slightly higher interest rate, but it will only be on the $30,000 that we need for the roof. I'm not getting through and he is very upset now that I'm refusing to go through with a loan he applied. Applied for. He is really not getting the difference between refinancing and a HELOC. In the past, I have given in to him on decisions like this because I didn't want a big fight, usually over s- smaller sums, but there's a lot of money at stake here and I just can't afford to give in. He might give in to me, but be grumpy about it. Any ideas? Okay, Anonymous, I hear your frustration. I think I think underlying this question is an issue of a breakdown in communication where whatever it is that you're presenting, he's already building some sort of barrier and resistance. And I suspect because of the way he's hearing you, the underlying story, the communication history between both of you, he might be hearing his mother or his father or who knows what, but whatever it is, he's not hearing you, which is not to say that one of you is to blame, but that both of you are responsible for the way you've been communicating with each other in the past. You're both responsible for not having figured out and smooth out the communication around money. And I say that, one, because of the resistance that he's putting to your message, as well as because of what you say about the fact that you've given in to him on decisions like this one in the past because you didn't want a big fight. So again, it's all telling me, Communication around this area needs work. You're not understanding each other when it comes to financial decisions. So where does that leave us now that you have to get this major expense done? uh, And he's headed one direction and you're headed another. Where does that leave us? So I I think two things need to happen. Number one, I think you need to let the data speak for itself. I think you need to run the numbers with him. Without this being a blaming game, open the spreadsheet, let the numbers speak for themselves, build it out together. What is the interest rate on the new mortgage? How many years? What is the overall cost? What is the interest on the HELOC amount? And what is the cost? When you ask, then when you've looked at these numbers, then you ask the questions. Okay, so now that we have the numbers in front of us, let's discuss both options and allow him to share, which brings me to the second thing that I want to recommend here. I think you need to hear him out. Why is it? And again, now that we have the numbers, the real data in front of us, and we've worked on it together, not independently, and I'm here to tell you how it is. No, 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 let's clean slate. Let's just run it together. Okay. So now we need to ask the questions and we need to hear each other out. So now you need to hear him out. Why is it that he sees the refinancing as the preferred alternative? There's obviously a story here. And by the way, when he sees the number, he might not even see that as a preferred alternative. We don't know. But let's say he does, right? There's obviously a story there. And he hasn't been able, it sounds like he hasn't been able to articulate it as it sounds like there hasn't been a pattern of creating a safe space to share vulnerably and without feeling judged. And again, I'm not saying that you're to blame or he's to blame. It's just the pattern that's happened among you. This is very common. Okay. So anonymous, I know that I get that you need to repair your roof now, but I also get that shalom by it is a piece in the home is a priority. And you can't make decisions of this magnitude in a rush. Yes, it must be priority in the calendar. I'm not saying delay this one, but it has to be done very smartly. If you're going to get the most out of this meeting or this money date, both financially and in terms of Shalom it, and I think you can win on both fronts here, you must schedule a money date soon. Yes, okay? You must do this. And you must leave the the shame and the blame out the door, okay? So yes, you must do it soon, I get that. But again, I I also get that I don't want it to be like this 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 space where you're there to get your way out of this to win this battle that really should not be and even though I I think I think you can both win financially that's what I meant before but more importantly you can both win in terms of peace at home I really believe it Um, but it only happens if we create the space now to have this conversation to look at the numbers without the the shame and the blame leaving it out the door right sit down together look at those numbers make it fun. Don't make it like you're here to show him how he's wrong. Say, you know, you know what? You might have a point. And I I think I won't be able to see your point until I really understand this well enough for us to make a decision until we sit with the numbers. So, you know, how about we just sit with it and we kind of lay both options uh, out so that I could see how you see it. And then, you know, maybe I could see like, right, just so make it about you. Don't make it about him. Right. We have to be smart so this sunday for example let's sit from 10 to 11 and let's look at both options in a spreadsheet and talk through each one how does that sound right and be that's your invitation and you be very calm about it non-adversarial again we don't want to be right we want to be happy (laughs) there's no financial bracha if there's no shalom by it so let's get this straight right okay so we have to be smart ladies and men (laughs) gentlemen in the audience this is not only about preserving the finances this is also about preserving the shalom by it. In fact, the latter takes precedence, right? So anonymous, maybe you were looking at me to tell you, well, of course the HELOC is a better choice over refinancing. And yeah, maybe it does sound like it. But again, how about we'd let the numbers answer that? And I don't have all the numbers, right? And once we have the numbers how about we try to understand the emotions behind each of those financial scenarios, right? What are the wh- wh- What is the emotional attachment to each of those? How it, How is it that each of us is interpreting those numbers and why? What's the story behind it? Because that's the only way we can get to some sort of understanding and agreement that's non-adversarial. So invite them on that date, sit with the numbers, let the data speak for itself, Once you have the data in front of you, take turns to take turns voicing your opinions and listen. This is so important. Do not interrupt him. Listen, listen, just listen. And when he's finished, ask him questions like, why? Say, oh, that's so interesting. But why? Tell me more. Right. You'd be surprised what comes out. Like really be genuinely curious. For all you know, his parents got into a HELOC 30 years ago or 20 years ago or 10 years ago, I don't know, that came back to bite them and caused a big havoc in their finances and in their marriage. We don't know. Or perhaps he hasn't just seen the numbers clearly. Perhaps it's just as easy at look as looking at the math and the, the numbers do give a ton of clarity. But again, the numbers are one part of the story. Their numbers are not everything. They're the super important part super, super critical, they give tremendous amount of clarity. But there's also an emotional component, which, again, it sounds like neither of you have ever delved into. And that's where the communication breakdown lies. And I know I usually say don't start if you've never been on money dates, please don't start this ritual with the numbers. But in this case, uh hopefully you get the part where you know we got to build the empathy and all the things and um because you do have to make this decision so hopefully that helps you good luck with that keep us posted i think you can do this without compromising your shalom buy it and without compromising your finances i know you can all right good luck with that Do you know what's my favorite email of the day? The one I receive from Daily Giving every morning. I get to see a new updated donation amount and the organization receiving the donation that day. True, I may have only contributed one dollar, but the impact of my dollar when pooled with that of thousands of Daily Givers is massive. I love knowing that every single day I'm giving, no matter how busy my life gets. I know every day I'm fulfilling the mitzvah of tzedakah because I signed up to daily giving and so should you. Don't wait. Head over to dailygiving.org and become a daily giver today. Next up is a question also from another anonymous via email. She asked, how do you choose an insurance policy, medical and others with a bitachon mindset? Do you rely on Hashem for good health and safety and pick the minimum insurance coverage? Or do you plan for worst case scenario and buy the more expensive plan? Or do you simply choose according to what you can afford? All right. This is a great question, Anonymous. So I think the first thing is that, yes, we buy insurance. I'm going to say that again, people. We buy insurance. We don't just rely on good health and long life, et cetera, et cetera. We try to buy insurance because that's the natural order of things, right? Right. That's not to say that we put our reliance on the insurance either. But yes, we do it and we do it according to what we can afford. And the litmus test is really always going to be our emotions, right? I think we've mentioned this uh, before and I want you to keep that present. So, you know, do we ignore insurance? even though we can probably afford it if we look at the numbers, if we actually sat down with the numbers? Well, no, that's called negligence. That's not bitachon. Now, do we panic if our insurance lapses because our financial situation changed? That's not bitachon either. Do we panic if we can't afford the best coverage available yet, right? At the moment, no. Bitachon is taking care of it without the emotional attachment to it, right? Taking care of it because it's what God requires of us to do requires, yeah, requires of us to do right in the natural world, like we don't, we're not allowed to be negligent here. Um, So in that case, whether we have the minimum or the maximum coverage, we, we get whatever we can afford, whatever makes sense for our family, and we make sure that at the same time, we're not panicking, and, and, and by the way, we're not boastful either. We're not reliant on this, right? I'm feeling like we're on top of the world. Like we have to try to remain neutral, if that makes sense, right? Um, we can only really do that when we learn bitachon consistently, when we rewire ourselves, right? Because then that way that gets rid of that gets rid of that tendency to either panic or to either be boastful and kind of self reliant and all that. So. All that to say, anonymous, buy that insurance, buy whatever you can afford at the moment, whatever makes sense financially, and also be confident that Hashem will keep you and everyone else healthy. All right, Daniel asks on LinkedIn, He says, what happens when you have various strategies lined up to grow your business, but it takes time and focus? You also realize you need to address your household budget to reduce outgoings. You feel that spending serious time on both will give you serious, serious focus to neither. Which do you prioritize? All right. So before I give you my thoughts, Daniel, I actually want to give a shout out to my colleague, Debbie Sasson, who took a stab at this question on LinkedIn for me, and she did an excellent job at this. So I mean, I have very little to add to what I'm about to share from Debbie Sasson. She says the following, she says, if people go to medical school or law school, or they're studying for their CPA, they don't see they don't, they, don't, they don't question that it will take time, focus, and money away from their family. Oh, I see what she was saying. They don't see it as that taking time, focus, and money away from their family, okay? So that's point number one. And I think that's a very, very important point, okay? So think about it this way. What is different about building a business? That's what she's saying, right? And I, she continues, both are investing and setting foundations for Parnassa for livelihood and future financial freedom. Well, we don't know about the future, but yeah, it's setting the foundation. It's creating the vessel for the livelihood. Totally agree with that, right? And so she says, here are the three biggest blocks I see with business owners, especially online business owners who've drunk the Kool-Aid that says you can set up shop with a laptop and Zoom and make six figures in a heartbeat. In a heartbeat. Lachaim. <laughs> I thought that was really funny. Debbie's a really funny person. And I agree. I mean, yes, I do think there's something, some things that are, we make them harder than they need to be. It's actually, we do, we tend to do that. But, you know, the, that's not to say that you're not going to invest time and money, right, into this online business. Okay. They are all money blocks, says Debbie. And I couldn't agree more. And she lays them out for us. She says, number one, the unwillingness to invest money to learn how to build and grow the business. People know how to do the thing they do, but they don't know the mindset, skills, resilience and how to's of business. Number 2, they take too much money out of their business early on to fund their life and choke their business, which needs capital reinvestment, as per the one the the one I mentioned above that she says, okay? And then her third point here is they don't reduce their standard of living until such time as the business is profitable enough to pay them a healthy monthly salary. When your business is a baby, it needs you to diaper and feed it. You can't expect it to drive your car to the store and go shopping for you. I told you she's funny. She's great. Okay, so now that you've gotten this wonderful answer and perspective, Daniel, um, you know, I will add a few more things. There's not much that I add to, to that I can add, but guys, the money blocks, okay? It is so true. It really comes down to that. And I see it all the time. And it seems like Debbie sees it too, I'm sure. The fear of making business moves because of money blocks that we have comes up all the time. Your business is something you build with consistency. It's not something that you just whip up a few strategies and overnight this thing just flourishes. You invest time, and yes, you invest money. Although I will say in the early stages, you can get by with investing very little money, but you'll be investing a lot of time. Listen, either way, it's always going to cost you time or money. You get to choose, right? Um, But again, what is the big deal? Right? Going back to Debbie's point above, isn't it worth it? Like, Why is it that when it comes to investing hundreds of thousands of dollars on a law degree or a medical degree and hours and hours of studying and lifestyle changes, we're somehow okay with that, but we're not okay with putting in the time and money that our businesses deserve? Like, like, think about it. Like, what's up with that, right? Now, does it have to be hard? No. We've talked about this before. It can be fun. It can be freeing. It can be liberating. And If it's hard, honestly, something is off. Something is off balance, right? There needs to be bitachon work hundred percent. Because if it's hard, I bet you 99% of the time you're trying to control the results. And that usually means that you're trying to control the money that the business brings in. So again, we go back to those money blocks. Okay. You're attached to that money, that financial payoff. And that's where you as the business owner need to wake up and realize that you're off balance, right? If you can build this thing, investing time and money, give it, it's your all. But because you're excited to serve God and his world with this business, and you're not emotionally attached to the financial result, I guarantee you, you will earn the money and you will work joyfully, right? You will get the payoff on both ends, right? They go hand in hand. And but what happens is that we put all this pressure on the business to meet our financial needs that now we're reliant on the business. And we forgot like who provides for our needs now that we've, you know, it's, it's it's like now we've made working on this business so hard and treacherous and difficult and draining and we've stripped it. We've stripped all the joy out of it because we're just pushing, pushing to get that payoff. And believe me, we're blocking the pipes. The payoff might not come financially and it might not come in terms of lifestyle. But when you build this business, trusting in God and knowing that every minute and every dollar you spent, again, I'm going to say it again, every minute and every dollar that you spent, it's spent because you want to be of better service in this world, right? You want to be a servant of Hashem, you want to use those talents and those capabilities, right? Ah, then you have the lifestyle, like the joy, and then you have the money also guaranteed. Because now, like now, now the faucet is open, I guarantee you, right? It's just that's the way it works. But we have to realize this and i and and i oh, I, I will say that debbie is 100% right about people taking money and choking the business. This is also a very important point, which is why I always teach you guys and I teach my students, I teach this in almost every program that I teach. So okay, maybe I don't teach it on the podcast, but I teach my students how to allocate revenue from day one from the first $50 $100 you make. How do you split that around so that you're not stripping this business and taking all the all the revenue straight up to your pocketbook, right? And this is also why I always teach the profit first method, right? You've got to treat this as a business from day one. And I think you've talked about this on the show. And if you're getting your revenue and you're sticking it all in your pocket to finance your life, you're never gonna be able to be grow- to grow this thing because you're not leaving it runway to grow. So we have to be methodical in taking salary and taking profit first, keeping money in operations, all these things. Again, all the things that if you've been in any of my programs, you probably learned already. And yes, related to that is Debbie's final point of taking salary too early. I I would say it's not so much that you take salary too early. It's that you take too much salary at the expense of the operations, right? So yes, I teach you to pay yourself from day one. We want to make sure that we're building that in, but it might be a percentage that is small and that can grow over time, right? Um, Anyways, there's really a way to really invest in your business and grow it the slow and steady way. I always call it the long, short wait, right? Um, and if any of you want help with any of this or making those difficult strategic decisions, I highly encourage you to take advantage of my offer to meet with me this August. Because again, I don't ever offer one-on-one consultations like this, unless it's again, like I said, packages. It's something that I don't have the capacity for. And I, as I said in my newsletter, I will not be taking any more one-on-one clients at the three-month or six-month level until 2024 as I'm maxed out with those. Thank God and I have other projects going on during the fall and winter of this year. Stay tuned. Very exciting stuff. So if you want to get your business moving, if you want to make strategic decisions, if you want to get clarity, including getting rid of the money blocks that are clogging up your business decisions, get on my calendar fast. Because again, I've opened August but that doesn't mean that you can open my calendar mid-August and book something. My calendar will be booked by then. Like, you know, that's just the way it is. Um, I'm not saying this to pressure you. I'm saying this to be realistic, that like you want to block your session or your sessions now so that you can get them in sometime throughout the month of August at a time that I'm available and that you're available. So that's at yeltrush.com forward slash August calendar. Now, Daniel, I hope that was helpful. Again, just remember, I think if there's anything you can take from this is why, why is it that you're even questioning investing the money and the time on the business. Yeah, that wouldn't be a question otherwise, I think. So we have to go back to the money blocks. What is it that's really holding us back here? Um, and it's deeper than, than we might sometimes think. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that is a wrap. Thank you to all of you who gave me great suggestions for our new graduate and gave us more tips to add. Tips this week beyond what I offered last week. Thank you to Anonymous and Anonymous and Daniel and to Debbie Sassen, of course, for chiming in and for great insight, excellent insight. And if you don't follow her, you can do it on LinkedIn. Uh, you can do it everywhere. She's on LinkedIn, she's on Instagram, um, she's on Facebook, and her podcast is the Jewish Entrepreneur Podcast. It was actually recently rebranded, and that's the new name of the podcast. I don't think I ever even mentioned that I was on that. Show show earlier this year. It was such a fun interview. Actually, if you didn't catch me there, you totally should. And you should check out her content because it's excellent. She is a master. And of course, thanks to Joyce for the beautiful review. You know where to find me, Joyce. Mm -hmm. Reminding everyone that I would like to give you a 20 minute session, and the way you get that, the way you win that is by leaving an Apple Podcast review. Every Friday, I would like to come here and pick a reviewer of the week. Then we get on the phone or on Zoom and we talk about whatever is on your money mind or your business mind. Next week, part two of our Honest Look at Honesty series. That is such a great series that I'm running with Project 432. Next week, we're gonna have a chilling interview. It's gonna be part two of the series. You will not want to miss that. Have a Shabbat Shalom.